0: Hi, I'm Jill Wright, founder and CEO of Executive Shine. And on behalf of myself and my phenomenal guests, we want to welcome you to Executive Shine Soul to Soul Conversations. I am so honored to bring you some of the world's most fascinating and dynamic leaders who often only have one thing in common, Uncommonly outrageous positive impact on people and businesses. They are leaving this world a much better place. So, kick back and join us. Grab a few insights you can immediately apply to leverage your leadership and foster greater authentic connection in a world that's become increasingly disconnected. We so desperately need you to shine your light bright enjoy. Welcome, Dr. Michael. I'm so happy that you would come with us and join us tonight. You have so so many fascinating things to teach us about. And I'll start out a little bit to to tell the listeners about your background just a little bit. But Um, I really kind of want to get into your story and you are a muscular skeletal expert, health optimizations, optimization specialist. and People totally, but (laughs) in a word, people call you the pain disruptor. And so I want to talk about, you know, how you've, how you started. I know you're a board certified in, Physical medicine, rehabilitation, and pain medicine. And you've been doing this for over 20 years. Right. So I know you work with elite athletes and um, CEOs, individuals who really want to optimize their health. So, one of the things I've been talking about recently is passion. Right. And how does that passion start? And you have an awesome story about turning pain into power. Right. So tell us kind of how that got started.
1: Yeah, so I'm pretty familiar with pain. So um, how I got kind of introduced to the orthopedic field and the musculoskeletal field happened when I was in eighth grade. So I was playing uh, wide receiver kind of went up for a pass and got hit from the side and uh, broke my leg and the tibia and the fibula, two bones on the lower part of the leg. Um, had about a seven to 10 day hospital stay. Was in a cast for about eight weeks, got out of the cast, started rehabbing, started trying to get back to activities, went back to see my orthopedic surgeon and they found out that uh, two thirds of the bone was growing and a third wasn't. So it was starting to grow off at an angle. So... Unfortunately, I had to go for surgical procedures for both legs. So, first, they went into my left leg, the right one was the one I broke, and killed the growth plate so the legs wouldn't be too significantly different length. And then they went into the right leg and cut and uh, pulled the bone over what's called an osteotomy procedure. And um, that lasted uh, total about a year. So, got very well familiar with uh, orthopedic issues, with uh, rehab and trying to get back to regular activities, and afterwards, I mean, I was able to continue with all sports in high school, basketball, uh, baseball. I gave up football at that point, decided I would just play golf and (laughs) enjoy my walking and that sort of thing. Uh, always had a love for science, always enjoyed biology, chemistry, that sort of thing in school, so it actually did give me a pathway as to where I was going to go with my life. And that's when I decided I wanted to go to medical school and and all the pieces associated with that. So um, as we move forward, um, definitely got involved in the musculoskeletal field, um, doing pain procedures, epidurals, nerve blocks, joint injections, those sort of things to try to calm symptoms to help with diagnosis and really try to get people back to where they needed to be. Um, was doing okay with that, but I was noticing that you know, only a small percentage of folks were really getting better with what I was doing. And unfortunately, at that point, I was using higher steroids and some things that weren't necessarily positive for people's health because they can cause issues in relation to blood sugar elevation, cortisol elevation, can cause issues with bone health, including compression fractures, injuries. They can kind of chew up cartilage number of other things that aren't necessarily a positive thing for what we're trying to do. So that's when I started doing more work and learned more about regenerative therapies and started off with a procedure called prolotherapy, where you basically inject a dextrose or a sugar solution. Dextrose is the sugar that's in all IV fluids, so the D that you hear, D5W, D5 half normal. The D is the dextrose. And in different concentrations can be helpful for any number of things. So in low concentrations like 5%, It's good for nerve-related issues. In 12 15% concentrations, it's good for uh, soft tissue problems. And in higher concentrations, like 25 to 30%, it's very good for joints. And then that kind of dovetailed into things like PRP or platelet-rich plasma. We take the blood out, spin it down, inject it into certain areas. Stem cells, usually mostly bone marrow or fat. And then that got me into learning about bioidentical hormone replacement, peptide therapies, Um, epigenetic evaluation, data acquisition, all the things that I think are incredibly powerful and important for me to figure out how best to manage your issues because we're all different. We're all our own entity and what may work for you, Jill, may not work for me and may not work for somebody else that I'm seeing. So I think the key with what we do is is trying to take the information, but also got us on a path that's going to be the optimal one for you, as opposed to just looking at population statistics and, hey, this worked for everybody else, or supposedly did, um, may not work for you. So I think it, it's it's made me a better physician. It's made me a better person. It's also made me a better human because I'm taking part in some of those treatments myself as well. And we can we can delve into some of the things I was dealing with. Looking back, I'm like. But anyway, but that's kind of how I got from point A to point B and how I'm continuing to progress and transform and hopefully help do the same for for my patients and clients.
0: Well, you just touched on so many things. So let, I love what you said about the individual therapy and or individual perspective, because you are right we are not all the same right. so when when people come to you how do you determine i know you're an expert in stem cells and peptides and hormones and osteo i know you're doing some great stuff with osteoarthritis and i do want you to you know talk about that right. but how do you determine what you know, what is going to be the best thing for the patient? How does, how do you figure that out?
1: Uh, Like anything, I mean, it's it's being a good detective. It's it's listening well, taking a very good history um, and kind of getting an idea about where some folks have come from. Um, You know, looking at metabolic health type issues. I mean, nine out of 10 of us are metabolically unhealthy, which is pretty staggering if you think about it, and in part and in part why I think we're having significant challenges with this virus and some of the other things we've been dealing with lately. But, you know, diabetes and or insulin resistance causes issues in relation to chronic inflammation, which is felt to be the basis of almost all health disorders and problems, including musculoskeletal problems, pain, those sort of things. So if you're chronically irritated and inflamed, it's going to be very challenging for you to recover from an incident. You're almost like a house of cards as soon as you know you're doing okay but you have an incident that may be you know minor in your opinion you get a little fender bender or something like that and it's just you know, your back and neck just aren't progressing as you would hope they would um and again the other piece that is oftentimes kind of poo-pooed or pushed away by the orthopedic and musculoskeletal community is the fact that hormones are incredibly important for recovery And when we start losing those, that's when we start having challenges with, um, you know, getting better, healing, um, making appropriate tissue to enhance our our recovery, Um, you know, definitely has a pretty significant impact on on mood and uh, some of the other issues from that standpoint, you know, your ability to make muscle, um, gut health related issues, a good number of other things. And most hormones are anti-inflammatory. You've gotten receptors in your joints and on your soft tissues, uh, both for progesterone and testosterone, which are incredibly powerful and important both in men and in women. And even you know, going back to your question your point about how we're all different, I mean, pain is different in men and women. We all again try to lump them in, and what work. Should work for one should work for both it doesn't work that way unfortunately a lot of it is is hormone related receptor related and that sort of thing too so um i think it's a matter of listening to your patient your client but also i think the bigger thing is trying to acquire data you know if, if you're looking at kind of the the sick care medical model most of it's try to do you know more with less well we're not going to approve that scan no we're not going to approve this well, mm-hmm. No, we're not going to prove this. We're not going to prove that. Well, you know, what other field do you look at that you use less data to make a decision? I mean, if you're in the business world, you want all the information in relation to a company you're going to buy or a house you're going to buy, you're looking there, or, you know, if you've got, you know, problems even with, uh, you know, um, your health or not your health, but, you know, other pieces and information is important basically is the take of the message. So, I think from my side, you know, looking at blood work, I think is incredibly helpful and important, including some of your hormone levels, micronutrient levels, vitamin levels, those sort of things. And then I think also looking at your DNA, your genetics your epigenetics, because that can make us much more precise in the way that we manage people. Instead of having to do trial and error things, we can get a pretty good idea about the way you're either gonna metabolize something or not metabolize something. Um, The way you're going to respond to simple things like some people, for example, we all talk about getting out in the sunlight to increase your vitamin D, which typically works for most people. But there are a subset of folks that they can be out in the sun all day and they're not going to convert. So those are the people that we need to make sure that they're getting plenty either from their diet or from some type of supplementation along those lines. So and people metabolize hormones differently. People metabolize vitamins differently. People do different with certain you know, ways that they sleep. You know, some people are better going to bed early and, and getting up early. Some are a little bit better with staying up a little later and getting up a little later. Um, and, and basically, you what you do and you know, diet can be part of that too. Same thing. Some folks do great, and you know, ketogenic diet or the carnivore diets all the rage right now. And those can be very helpful, but there are a subset of the population, including myself. We don't do great with saturated fat, and that can actually cause some issues both from a cholesterol standpoint, but also it can elevate blood sugars too. So, and there are some people that do better with higher carbohydrate diets if they've got what's called a Plin-1 SNP. And I've got a colleague that has a great story about how he was doing carnivore and keto and was actually gaining weight and increasing his obesity and was all tired and he couldn't exercise and we did his genetics we were both in a class together and we looked at it and he had a plenty one snip and he does better with 150 to 250 carbs a day once he started doing that weight came off you know he looked much better felt much better and pretty consistently he has to stay on that diet so even though that sounds good for the vast majority of folks and it is um, again, it, it tells us that one thing and one shoe does not fit everybody, and we have to be uh, willing to accept the fact that that's, you know, important, and/or we need to acquire data to really enhance the way that you're going to transform, recover, uh, progress, and those type of things. So,
0: right. You, I want to go back and and unpack that a little bit for the lay people who might be listening. Um, You said you started off talking about inflammation. And so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about hormones and I want to talk about the epigenetics because all of that is so important. Can you explain? I mean, I think people hear the term inflammation and they think... I got a bump, I got swelling, I'm retaining wow. water. But talk about like sure. I don't for the lay person, what is that in your body? Like right. what is happening in your body with inflammation and what are some things that you can do to help that situation and they causes so much health damage.
1: Right. So all inflammation is not bad. So we have to be careful in saying that. And, and, you know, it's kind of the the buzzword. You're right right now. Inflammation, inflammation, I get Um, acute inflammation, similar to what you were talking about when, excuse me, when you injure a joint, when you injure anything um, is necessary because that sets off a cascade of reactions to try to heal that tissue. And is very important and something we don't necessarily want to blunt. Again, it, and it gets all convoluted and we can even talk about things like that. But that's where cortisol and actually, you know, cortisol is vilified all the time. Oh, cortisol is terrible. Well, if we didn't have cortisol, we'd die. I mean, you know, that's what President Kennedy had issues as far as his Addison's. He made no cortisol and had Boku health issues in relation to that. Um, so we need a local cortisol. It's actually very helpful as an anti-inflammatory and some of the other things that are very important, very important for waking us up in the morning, kind of getting our blood in the morning and kind of helping with a good number of other functions. So, you know, acute inflammation is good. So that's something we don't want to blunt. Downside to what we do, however, is when you go to see your sports medicine doc or your pain doc, most of the first things we recommend doing uh, is putting you on anti-inflammatory we put you on prednisone, which has the benefit of helping your pain short-term. The downside is it totally shuts down that inflammatory cascade, and then you don't heal. So it's kind of robbing Peter to pay a to some degree. So I've almost totally gotten away from using anti-inflammatory medications and really have reduced the amount of any type of injectable steroid that I use and kind of try to mimic the way that your body would release cortisol in very low doses, enough to kind of give you a little anti-inflammatory effect, but not enough to give you other side effects. So acute inflammation is good, and that's kind of the basis for how the regenerative medicine procedures work. What I'm doing is I'm trying to inflame you by what I do, what I inject. And that inflammation pulls in cells and growth factors to try to heal that tissue. So that's very important. Now, chronic inflammation, if we over there, that's where we, that's the part we want to avoid. So, chronic inflammation is multifactorial. So, common things that really inflame your body, the standard American diet, you know, anything that contains any type of vegetable or oil, omega-6 oils um, is very inflammatory for almost all of us. So, anything fried, anything that comes in a, a bag or package, Um, things like that. So diet is one of those things that increases inflammation pretty dramatically. So if you you can go to a more clean or organic type diet, that can make a pretty significant impact. How often you eat. So if you're eating regularly and chronically taking food in, typically you're gonna be a little bit more inflamed or a little bit more irritated. So things like fasting, intermittent fasting can be of benefit in helping to reduce overall inflammation keeping your blood sugar under reasonable control and your blood sugar spikes under reasonable control. Again, does that mean you eat no carbs? No. It doesn't mean that at all in combination with your proteins and with your fats and some of the other things. It depends on what your goals are. I mean, if you're trying to lose weight, yeah, typically we would suggest a little bit less carbohydrate. However, some folks want to gain weight. They want to gain muscle. They want to gain mass. They want to, you know, improve recovery. People that have issues with, you know, thyroid problems need a reasonable number of carbohydrates to make that thyroid function normally. If you shut that down, and/or if you fast for way too long, you shut down your thyroid function and, and can cause you issues and problems too. So, it, a lot of these are moderation. Basically, you're kind of using the Goldilocks principle—the just right amount, as far as that goes. And again, it can be different for everybody. Similar to what we talked about with our example with the. Uh, with a carbohydrate diet and or your genetics. So, you know, other things also can do that for sleep. It's going to increase your inflammation. That's going to decrease your release of things that you typically release at night that are helpful recovery-wise, like testosterone, growth hormones, some of those sort of things. Um, You know, getting out in nature or even getting a little sunlight can be a benefit in helping to reduce inflammation. So a lot of us obviously sit inside all the time. We don't get a lot of activity and movement. Movement's very good for helping to reduce inflammation. Um, Stress. I mean, you name it. A lot of things can be negative in in the way that we respond and can be very inflammatory to us. And then, you know, you can look at at blood markers that also can give you a pretty good idea of um, your inflammatory load, things like your uh, CRP levels. Um, There's another one that looks at your sedimentation rate that sometimes can be elevated. And then other markers like your fasting insulin can be important. Um, Fibrinogen is another one. Ferritin, when ferritin is basically the protein that carries your iron. So if that's too high, again, makes this more inflammatory. Homocysteine, um, another one that kind of gives us an idea of our B vitamin status and how we detoxify. Um, If that's too high, again, another one that's inflammatory. So There's multiple markers and things that we can look at, along with looking at you. Obesity, unfortunately, if you've got extra body fat, makes you more inflammatory. So the constellation of things all put together. And that's why, again, when I made that statement, nine out of 10 of us in the U.S. are metabolically unhealthy. You can see kind of the reasons why. So even tackling those foundational pieces of, you know, We change our diet. We fast or intermittent fast a little bit. We really focus on our sleep. We get out and do, you know, some exercise. 30 minute walk after dinner can be outstanding. Um, Resistance training and some other things, too. Yoga can be very good from that standpoint. Um, You know, we change our stress levels. Maybe we meditate a little bit. Maybe we play a little bit more. Maybe we focus on some other activities where we go on a nature walk so we can combine a few of these things. We can meditate while we're walking, getting some sunlight and getting in nature. So, you know, it, it's it's those type things, uh, again, and it doesn't have to be big dollar type things. It doesn't have to be going out and getting a hyperbaric oxygen machine. You can, it's great. If you wanna get a sauna machine, perfect. But if you go outside and sweat, you yeah, kind of doing the same thing. So there's ways to work around cost and make this very effective for everybody. And yeah, if you want to go with some higher level tools and, and that sort of thing and you can afford it, go for it. But and that's part of kind of the art of this is trying to gauge, okay, where is this client or patient at? What are they able to work with and afford? You know, what are, what are the medicines or potentially some of the hormones we can use? Where do we want to focus our attention? And part of that is what are your goals? You know, you come to me and say, I want to do a triathlon, okay? That's a different goal than, hey, I want to play with my grandkids out on the beach. I mean, both great goals, but totally different the way we were doing them. Now, if you're able to play with your grandkids more, maybe you decide, boy, I want to run a 5K. Or, you know, I want to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro. It, it, it kind of dovetails on each other, but again, you're trying to meet people where they are and see where they want to go, and that will determine kind of the direction you need to go and how aggressive or how slow you want to go. But usually, my take-home message to everybody is: look, this is going to be a marathon. This isn't going to be a sprint. It took you a while to get into this stage. It's not right. going to around in a couple of days or a couple of weeks or even a couple of months. Can we make some inroads to it in that period of time? You, you bet. But, you know, you're going to be with me for a while and, you know, we're going to we're going to definitely dive into some topics that maybe are a little bit uncomfortable. But I think that's the biggest part of of changing and transforming and kind of moving forward. So um, I think it was Tony Robbins and I'll probably butcher it a little bit that he says massive change requires massive transformation or might be the other way around. Massive transformation requires massive change either way, the message is great. And, you know, I think that's important. And, uh, you know, the the balance of the delicacy is you got to keep it relatively simple. You don't want to tr- throw 40 things at somebody all the time. Well, and anxious and they're like, what the hell am I doing? So I that, that's kind of the art to it is if you've got somebody that's kind of a novice or kind of a virgin with some of these issues, what really just get it down to let's focus on, let's on your sleep this time let's do that and maybe let's walk for 30 minutes after dinner and that's where we might be um you got other people that have done some of these things and you know they're able to take more of the kitchen sink approach where they can do a little bit of everything and you know again that's that's part of learning your your client or your patient as well so a lot more art to this than just science and and you know it's, it's a it's a relationship business like anything else. It's it's learning how to understand and read and figure out how best you're going to get to those people. I kind of look at it like coaching basketball or baseball. I mean, some people you got a kick in the butt. Some people you have to coddle and give them a hug. You know, some people you have to, you know, talk calmly. They need somebody to, to yell at them and kind of get them going. I'm not saying we're yelling and screaming at each other. That's not the point, but... It, it's it's different in the way that you you know bond with that person and how best they respond and um, sometimes that's that's as much of a challenge as anything else but I think that's the important the fun piece for me is trying to see um, how best to you know get along with that person and help them to kind of change where they are and take them from what I call ground zero to superhero. Or whatever those goal pieces are, that, that tells us where we need to go.
0: Well, and in addition, part of what you talk about, too, is you are helping people learn to believe in their bodies and their that's health true. and what's possible. Right. And that's a big mind shift. So, what are the some of the key things that you can help people do to start to look at? I think some people think that health is like a chore, and to be to look at it differently, like it's it's really a a a gift and an exploration
1: in taking
0: care of your body.
1: Right. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed in kind of going from normal allopathic medicine, where, okay, you got this, whatever. You got this knee or this back. Okay, here we are. We're focusing on that piece. And, you know, we're trying to come up with a plan for that is, you know, you kind of give them the ability to answer some questions or ask questions that maybe nobody else has even asked them. You know, how many times does somebody come in for pain and go, hey, how's your sleep? probably not too often, occasionally, if you're not sleeping well, you may bring that up. Or, hey, you know, what are your stress levels like and what do you do to manage those stress levels? Because there's, there's plenty of people that come to me that are kind of in that fight or flight where you just look at them and you get stressed. Where they're kind of, you know, they look like, uh, you know, a squirrel always looking around like they got that nut and, you know, they're moving and, and all that sort of thing. And if they're in that state, you know, and I've had folks and I've talked with other providers, You can't make any inroads with those folks until you get them kind of balanced with that sympathetic and parasympathetic. Parasympathetic is kind of your your rest and relax and digest type nervous system. And then, you know, you do need some sympathetic if you are going to be, for example, in a competition or you're trying to get out of the way of a car that's speeding towards you or um, any number of things that are important to kind of get things jacked up. And then hopefully you bring that back down again. That's the, the balance piece, kind of the yin and yang. When you're on one end of the spectrum where you're always in that tight position, it's going to be very difficult for you to improve overall health just because your cortisol levels are going to be way too high. Your inflammatory levels are going to be way too high. You're always going to be tight. You're know, always going to, your traps are always going to be in, in, In tightness and tension, Um, you're gonna sleep poorly, Um, a good number of other things from that standpoint. So instead of me focusing on, okay, we're gonna do this and this and this for your pain, no, we're not. We're gonna focus on some of these other pieces that are gonna be important. Okay, let's work on your sleep. Okay, what are we doing for stress? You got four kids. Okay, is there any time during the day that you can carve out 15 to 30 minutes just to get out of the house? Go breathe. Teach them some breathing techniques, you know, simple things like box breathing, where you're breathing in, um, you know, uh, and learn from the military. You're basically breathing in a box where you breathe in for a number, hold for a number, breathe out for a number, hold for a number. And there's multiple ways to do it. But again, that kind of helps tap into that parasympathetic nervous system and kind of calm you down. Can you get outside in nature for a little bit? Can you go walk with a friend? Can you go you know, do a hobby. I mean, some people like to go out and shoot guns, go do it. Some people like to go out and you know walk or run. Great. I mean, whatever that thing is for you, try to get back to something that you really, really enjoy. And that kind of gets back to fun part. So I think that's important. But I think asking questions differently and looking at this a totally different way than some people may have in the past. I mean, some people come in with, quote-unquote, fibromyalgia, if you've heard of that diagnosis, which I do think there is issues associated with that. But a lot of times, if you look at them, they're in that sympathetic mode. And then if you look at their blood work, typically their thyroid is going to be off. And thyroid has a lot of control in relation to your brain as far as mood depression, that sort of thing. It's also got energy-related positives to it. A lot of those folks are very tired and very out of it from that standpoint. Um, Really good for, you know, skin, hair, nails, good number of other things. So it can make you look and feel a little bit better from that standpoint too. And for men, it actually can impact sexual function. Second thing is vitamin D levels typically are low, and low in the vast majority of us. So that's another one that you can impact pretty easily and pretty significantly. And then usually folks have some issues with growth hormone function. Now that one can be a little more challenging to fix, primarily due to cost, but some of the newer peptides make that a little bit easier to do. But there's other things you'll pick up in some of these other inflammatory markers, or you may see with some folks their testosterone's off, or a good number of other things to impact, but it, it gives them some tangible things that they can think of instead of, oh, you've got this, and it's couched as kind of a negative disease. And that's the other piece. Is couch it more from a positive standpoint. It's like, okay, you know, uh, and not saying you have X, it's more, okay, you're out of balance. You're out of homeostasis. We need to come back into that, you know, even state. If we can do that, a lot of these issues, I think, can be resolved or improved pretty dramatically. I think, unfortunately, most of the health world and most of the commercials you see and all the things you see on CNN or Fox News or any of that sort of thing, everything's couched negatively. Instead of saying, you know, we've made progress in you know, COVID vaccinations, it's always what we haven't done. Hey, it's always how many infections were there today? It's always, you know, all the negative pieces. It's like, good Lord, no matter we're all not happy and we're all depressed and that sort of thing. Right. I think letting people that there's hope that hey there's some things that we can do and it's going to be a journey I mean this isn't going to be simple this isn't going to be easy you're going to have to be accountable and you're going to have changes in your life but definitely some things that can make a significant impact on whatever your issues may be be it pain be it mood and depression be it sexual function be it recovery be it gut health any of the sort of things that typically we see and, uh, you know, sometimes medications are in order, sometimes they're not, but I think our bigger goal is to try to find those root causes and really kind of yeah. get down deep to figure out what we need to do in moving things in a positive direction.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful what you said, because all of those things are giving people hope and yeah. giving people a new mindset. And we we were in a book together with yeah. 27 other doctors so we'll go to commercial quick and and talk about that just a little bit. And then okay. you also have a new book um, that just came out that's also a bestseller. And so when we come back from commercial really quick, I want to talk about more about these hormones because okay. I want I want the novice person to understand what that is because everyone hears these names but they don't really understand so hold on we will be right back after this commercial and talk about all of the hormones
2: to be ageless and live limitless unlock your codes of longevity and discover how to age in reverse look and feel years younger perform at your peak and express boundless energy vitality enjoy this and so much more is possible because it's no longer a question of if we're living longer we are living longer the question is how well do you want to live beginning today so that you can flourish and thrive at any age and any stage of life This book brings together more than 20 of today's health and longevity leaders to share with you the secrets that exist within so that you truly can unlock your code and you can live your long life well beginning today. So now is your time to go to codesoflongevity.com to order your copy so that you truly can look, feel and live life optimized to 120 and beyond.
0: Okay. So when we we're talking about giving people hope and helping them to really understand their body and how to optimize for the best quality of life they can have for the rest of their life. So I I know you've done, I want to talk, touch on a lot of the work you've done with osteoarthritis and bone health and really understanding that. But I'll, but first, let's talk about hormones. Like, sure. what what is a hormone? I mean, I know the word. How does that work in my body? Right. How does, can you tell us, like, hormones for dummies?
1: Yeah, so basically, it's a chemical in your body that sends a signal that can either work locally or in a different place in your body. So the way it's described is kind of a complex symphony. And we have multiple hormones. And many we probably even haven't even discovered yet. And they all work in harmony in trying to keep us healthy, keep us you know, viable, and keep us upright, basically. So, you know, hormones are incredibly powerful and important. And you know, if you look you know, the folks in their late teens to early to mid 20s are kind of in an optimal hormone state. You know, they've got great complexions, you know, good muscle mass, good bone mass, you know, guts are functioning properly, sexual functions, optimal and ideal for the vast majority. We can talk about some things unfortunately are happening, but that's kind of what you picture and that's what we try to restore. When we start losing our hormones and, and think of folks that you see that are either older or in nursing homes, those are the folks that unfortunately have lost a significant amount of their hormone function and things are kind of going negatively. So in one of my colleagues, and I won't take credit for this, but basically has talked about certain hormones we're okay with replacing, like thyroid. So if you have a thyroid problem, Issue. Yeah, we've got options for replacing your thyroid. You know, if you're having issues with type one diabetes, we've got insulin. Insulin's a hormone. We give you insulin, we do the things that we need to do to try to keep those blood sugar sugars under control. Somehow, you know, we lose our sex hormones, and that's just part of life. So that's just aging. So we're not going to do anything with those. Well, is that Technically, the right thing to do because there's definitely you know options to try to help manage those issues and try to keep us as healthy, uh, as viable, and as vital as you can. So, my opinion, there is no issue or no problem with hormone and hormone replacement. In fact, I think it's kind of my practice. In my opinion, we don't look at those issues and potentially try to get people back to optimal levels. there's multiple reasons. The nice part of these is they don't just treat one thing. So, for example, we were talking about some of the osteoporosis drugs and treatments and some things I'm doing from a bone health standpoint. A lot of the medications that we use, like the bisphosphonates and some of the other things, treat one thing. And they don't treat it particularly well, and they've got lots of side effects. So if you're using things like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, some of the other things from that standpoint, they got multiple benefits. So, for example, testosterone, yes, for men, great for maintaining muscle mass, bone health for women, and and both sexes good for libido, good for energy, good for brain health, all those sort of things. But the other thing is, uh, and just pulled this paper out this week, um, testosterone in both sexes, if it is suboptimal, increases your risk for dementia and Alzheimer's pretty dramatically and pretty significantly. So... Kind of staving off things like Alzheimer's. Same thing with cardiovascular disease, both men and women. Estrogen and progesterone. We say again, estrogen testosterone levels drop. That's when we start seeing cardiovascular. So, for example, in women, um, when they start hitting menopause and beyond, their cardiovascular risk for heart attack and stroke are actually higher than men at that. So wow. estrogen or estradiol is very protective for those type of issues. the same thing in men. So men have testosterone, which is metabolized to estrogen or estradiol. So when we start losing that, when your testosterone levels drop, you lose that estrogen protection, and you start getting things like heart attacks and strokes. You start getting bone health issues in men. Yes, men get osteoporosis, too. Uh, in fact, one in four will get one in two. Um, but, you know, gut health related issues, skin related changes, you know, recovery from activity and exercise, joint related issues, um, a good number of things from that standpoint. So um, it's, it's incredibly helpful and powerful to look at some of the challenges that people are having and is that you can impact that from a positive standpoint. And, you know, bigger concern of pretty much everybody is, well, that's going to cause cancer. Um, most of that has been debunked. Now, again, it's individualized and different for everybody. And I never would force that on anybody that is not comfortable doing it. The reason I would say that is if they have a problem, they're going to blame you no matter what happens. So I think you educate, you teach, you get them to certain sources. There are some excellent books and papers that I would recommend. For example, one great book is called Estrogen Matters. Um, I would recommend almost all women read that book before they make a determination decision on whether they want to do, you know, estrogen or not, but it outlines it very well. And the guy was an oncologist who wrote the book, and uh, he's seen pretty much everything. Um, But there are pretty substantial pieces of evidence available that hormone replacement has much more from a positive standpoint than a negative standpoint, and You know, I've seen people, men that have come to see me that are just about ready to be admitted to a psych ward just because they're on the verge of a breakdown. I mean, I had one gentleman that wouldn't even look me in the eye. I mean, he was he came in the office with his wife and head was down. He's looking at his feet. He's mumbling. He wouldn't really engage a great deal. She answered a good majority of his questions, even at times when I directed to him. She was concerned that he was suicidal and and a good number of other things. And, you know, we discussed seriously about, you know, admitting him and he said, look, I want to not do that. I want to try to avoid it at all possible. Labs. I mean, his testosterone was incredibly low. Vitamin D was incredibly low. DHEA was incredibly low and his thyroid. For men, that's kind of the big four. Women, there are more and it's a little bit more complicated but for men. Those are the big four. Once we got him started, he came back in for his follow up. And I usually see folks back in about six to eight weeks when they have problems. He was a totally different person. He was up, he was talking, he was smiling, he was telling jokes. Um, he was totally, um, you know, we talked about, and he wasn't perfect quite yet, but it was a totally different person. And instead of a, antidepressants of people and anxiolytics of people and some of the other things, and there is a role for those but it's a small world. And, you know, these things that we're talking about are not horribly expensive. They don't have significant side effect issues for the most part, and they have significant what we call pleiotropic benefits like we talked about earlier. They can affect multiple symptoms and systems in a positive way and can make a pretty profound impact in life. So... Um, I think at this stage, I mean, it's it's changed the way I practice. It's changed my musculoskeletal practice pretty significantly. Some of the folks that weren't recovering that I was having some challenges with had a pretty profound response to treatment. And then when I do some of my regenerative medicine procedures, I definitely like to get everybody optimized from a metabolic and hormone and, and some other standpoints before I even consider doing that. And some people push back a little bit and, you know, I'm okay with doing it just with understanding, look, you may not get the best response to this until we have some of these other pieces in place or cleaned up. Um, And we may even have to do it again, but just understand, I put that in my note, I have them sign it, and do all that sort of thing, um, that we may have to repeat it or do it again moving forward. Sometimes that's necessary anyway, but. Um, it's kind of changed the way that I've managed a good number of conditions from a positive standpoint, including pain and and orthopedic issues.
0: Well, how are those, that kind of leads us into the work you're doing, some really cutting edge work with osteoarthritis. And how, how, how do we get healthy bones? And what is... arthritis is another term everybody uses that word but how many people really understand exactly give me arthritis for dummies right so what happens in your body
1: so osteoarthritis um is basically a a breakdown of your either joint surface or some of the structures in the joint so Similar to some of the other things we talked about, there's a delicate balance of your joint in you know, breaking down pieces and then rebuilding pieces. And same thing with bone health or osteoporosis. It's kind of a balance between breaking your bone down and building it back up. And most people look at bone thinking it's kind of an inert tissue. It doesn't do much. It doesn't change. Once you've made bone, it's there and nothing, right, right. Happens. nothing can be further from the truth. I mean, your bone is constantly being made, being broken down, being changed depending on the load you put on it. So, if you're into CrossFit, you're doing a lot of Olympic lifts, your bone's gonna change. If you're a runner, you're gonna change that way. If you're a dancer, you're gonna change that way. So, um, the loads you put on are important. And also, it helps to kind of regulate a good number of nutrients and micronutrients like your calcium. So, if your calcium's low, your body reacts by breaking down some bones so it could build it back up into the system and keep you from having issues in relation to cardiac dysfunction, um, having issues with um, um, flexing and moving your muscles and some other things. Also phosphorus is that way so and other things too, even your sodium. So if your sodium is low in your blood, um, you, you're gonna get it from your bone. So you break it down that way. So it's constantly being changed and formed. and. They estimate that your skeleton turns over every seven to ten years somewhere in that part. So if you live to 70, it's happened seven different times, maybe more, depending on wow. what with it. So, the um, same thing with with the joints. Um, you know, it, a lot of joint related issues in relation to arthritic change, in my opinion, a lot of other folks too, is due to instability around the joint. So say you have an injury to one of the ligaments in your knee, like the medial collateral ligament, which is the one on the inside part of your knee. When that happens, it makes a little bit of instability. So when you are doing things like running, changing position, changing direction, climbing stairs, squatting, bending, that sort of thing, the joint's moving a little bit more than it should be. And when that happens, your body responds, by making a little bit more bone to try to keep that from occurring, because that's not a normal thing that you wanna do. And you'll see it in the spine, you'll see it in smaller places as well. But instability, in my opinion, is one of the major reasons that we get some changes in the joints and changes in the bones. Then the same thing, I mean, breaking down and, and building up, we go back to that chronic inflammation piece that we talked about, which has been shown to be a cause both of osteoarthritis, but also osteoporosis and you know it's it's kind of a a recipe for disaster so going back to some of the things we talked about foundationally are you getting enough exercise are you getting enough sleep and recovery which is important as we talked about because that's when you secrete your own growth hormone and testosterone and some other things to help you recover and heal Um, are you getting enough um or getting proper nutrition and proper foods are you getting you know, enough omega-3s and balancing out some of those omega-6 fatty acids that can be inflammatory? Um, are your stress levels through the roof? Are you you know angry all the time? I mean, it could be a good number of things from that standpoint. Are you depressed? Are your moods all over the place? That sort of thing. So um, similar to what we talked about before, all those pieces coming forward. So when we talked about trying to manage or fix some of those issues, Again, we got to go back and clean up some of that stuff before we can do some things to help your joint or help your back or help your neck or help any of those sort of things. For example, I have some people that will come in, I do some work with hair or do some work with skin, like, oh, I want my complexion better. Okay, well, we need to do these pieces. We got to sleep better. We got to eat better. We got to exercise more. We got to drink more, you know, high quality water. We got to get rid of diet sodas and, you know, juices and some of the other things from that standpoint. And when you tell some of these people that I look at you like, really? And yeah, most people buy it. Don't get me wrong. I would say probably 80 to 90% after you talk to them and kind of break it down a little bit, they're like, huh, hmm, that makes sense. Because there's some people who are just like that they don't either buy it or they don't want to do it. Or after you talk to them about those sort of things, they just kind of don't come back, unfortunately. But You know, I think, you know, again, the accountability piece, I think, is huge. I mean, I think it's important to, you know, take ownership of your health. And if that's not something you want to do, um, there's not much I can do to help you, unfortunately. However, if you are willing to make some changes and move some things forward, that's where we're going to see some benefits. And again, I hate to keep harping on it, but coming out of this COVID mess, that's what we're seeing is, you know, we, we haven't taken good care of ourselves. We haven't done the things that are necessary from for case. We haven't done the things that are going to move us forward. Um, and unfortunately, even the, the medical community, in my opinion, on TV has done a horrible job at, at explaining those type of things. And then some of the people that are, are trying to explain it and trying to change habits on some of the social media sites, Facebook and and Instagram, are getting blocked or the map being you know put down for no I reason, agree. reason other than you know the outside interests like big pharma and some of the other things don't want people to hear those type messages you know? right and, and you know i, I think that's that i mean i think we are as people smart enough to make a decision um about what we hear and and do some research and you know i'm I'm nowhere near a Trump fan, but I was kind of pissed off when he got blocked from Twitter and Facebook and all that. I mean, again, this is the U.S. I mean, we're supposed right. to be, you know, impartial. We're supposed to have free speech. We're supposed to let people voice opinions. Um, obviously, we don't want like super negative things like, you know, fire in a in a movie theater or talking about, you know, child molestation or porn or things like that. That part I get, but you know, we all have our own opinions. We all have our ability to make our own decisions and that sort of thing. And I think the same thing with the health world. Are there certain things, in my opinion, work incredibly well for COVID? Yes. But you can't say it, which is just stupid. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, and there's there's good data for certain pieces like, you know, high dose vitamin C and-, and
0: Yeah, uh, talk about some of those things. I mean, what things, I, I loved what you said about- the causes of osteoarthritis and the and the things that are happening when our body needs calcium needs phosphorus needs these things it takes it from our bones so how can we supplement to have strong bones have anti-inflammatory condition in our body and build our immune system so that we're, we we have our body is built to defend us. Right. So, so talk about some of those things. We don't have too long left, but I also want to talk about your book. Yeah. But tell so, us a few of those things.
1: I think, again, the take-home part is the foundational pieces that we've talked about. Um, you know, diet. Are we going to get everything from our diet? Unfortunately, no. I mean, the soils at this point are not giving us enough nutrient or micronutrients in our food anymore. Um, you know, there's all kinds of chemicals and a good number of other things that even organic food has been found to be there. But do the best you can with eating good quality foods. Uh, I think that's one of the bigger pieces at this stage. And then yeah. definitely get some blood work and look at things that may need supplementation. I mean, for boosting immune function, simple things like vitamin D and zinc and you know, copper and some other things are incredibly powerful and important for that. I think the other pieces are keeping keeping your blood sugars under reasonable control and or looking at doing either some type of fasting or a minimum fasting program um, where you're eating in a window like eight hours, somewhere in that ballpark, and fasting 16 hours, or sometimes throwing in a 24-hour fast per week where you do dinner maybe Saturday to dinner Sunday, has been shown to be very helpful in reducing overall inflammation, both you know, chronically and acutely from that standpoint. Um, sleep, I mean, huge. Definitely, I think one of the bigger things that we can impact very easily is getting proper sleep, You know, getting outside, getting into nature, um, proper exercise, activity, and, and those sort of pieces. So I think the foundational parts are the things we need to do. Then looking at blood work and supplementing hormones, and then on top of that, then you look at things like peptides or some other biohacks and some other things from that standpoint. So that's kind of the pyramid style that I use. Now, some people may go a little bit different way, which is okay as well. But I, I think the foundational pieces for everybody are the biggest piece. And that's from, you know, uh, any, anybody I see that's, you know, uh, you know, blue collar worker all the way up to the CEO, because, you know, even professional athletes, some of their habits are horrible. Some of them have horrible gut related issues and problems and, and really, can make significant impacts with just some simple type treatments and just changing habits and asking about them. I think that's the biggest key um, is is ask the proper questions.
0: Yeah, because no one's educating us about this. Sure. I mean, you, you don't, nobody tells you what you can do to stay well. Right. And that kind of brings me to talking about your book just briefly. And we've only got like another minute or so, sure. but creating an a new you Correct. and i put all of this information in the show notes and so they can go to right. the show notes and get the link to amazon directly to your book yeah. but that's why you created that this right. is a book of solutions so right. talk about that a little bit
1: yeah so you know, it comes in paperback or kindle form um so basically kind of goes from my story from how i got into what i'm doing both when i got injured and then talks about some other factors, including my parents' divorce and kind of forming me and my uh, thoughts. And then got into what I was doing from an orthopedic standpoint, probably helping about one out of 15 people. And that's when I got into some of the things that we have already discussed and also kind of delves into things that I see for the future and kind of where hopefully healthcare and or um, what we're doing is gonna make a pretty significant impact and kind of nice things moving forward. So. Um and you know some other pieces I need to add I, I need to add a peptide chapter and some other things but kind of gives you a pretty good handle and idea about me and you know my thoughts on health and, and optimization and fitness and all the other pieces in my opinion that are very important.
0: Well, and uh, the biggest message is that you're giving people hope, right. and, and you've got 100%. proactive solutions for them.
1: Well stated. Yeah. To-
0: I've been practicing
1: got
0: um, to, <laughs> to optimize, you know, to really optimize their health. Because, the, you know, like we talked about, people throw around these terms, but they don't really know what that means. Right, And so they can reach you on your website. So right. give them that information and then, right. you know, get in contact with you if they want to learn more because also. there is hope for them.
1: For sure. So, yeah, my website is www.livelimitless.com. Um, and then the uh, osteoporosis and health uh, project is on www.bonerevolution.com Ooh,
0: bonerevolution.com. What a cool
1: name working with uh, a few people Amanda um, uh, Archibald's one and then uh, a couple of folks that are helping us with some of the workout pieces and some of the other things so kind of get a comprehensive approach to ways to evaluate but also treat And hopefully resolve bone health issues because 95% of them can be avoided pretty significantly or pretty easily, to be honest with you.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, that's great news. And thank you so much for coming. And like, I feel like I could be a doctor now. Like, I learned all these important facts. So, thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for doing all the great work you're doing and really helping people to live limitless and live Absolutely. their best life. So go. I love it. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure.